is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, recorded Thursday, October 8th, 2020. In addition to that, it's number 501. Oh, did I forget to do that part? Damn it, it's been a long time. It has been a while. That's okay, Jason. It's 501. I stopped counting at 500. <laughs> <laughs> We've started the uh, second half of our approach to 1,000. So in another 11 years, we'll, yep. be, at, we'll be doing number 1,000. Do you think we'll ever get there? At this rate, dude, I have no idea. I but never. The show is ending. Yeah, I, I know. Show's ending. It's we... hard to keep. A... I think it would be hard to keep the podcast interesting for another five hundred episodes. For if we're only halfway through the podcast and the show is through almost its entire run. It's true. We'd need to find some way to keep it going. I'm sure there are lots of options out there. Many of which we will consider many of which we will throw away and, but maybe we'll land on that one gem that just keeps us going for another decade and a bit and gets us to a thousand. I have no idea at this point. All right. Well, I say we keep going until most of us, as in you, me and the audience, uh, get sick of it. It's a good plan. Yeah. All right. You know what? I was thinking the other day that we don't do this for an audience. We do this with an audience because it's so great to have feedback. Yeah. And to, to have audience interaction and to, to, to talk to people, essentially. That's pretty much what it's all about. You know, it's, it's fun. And all the names we got last week, uh, speak to that a little bit, you know? Um, and that may come up again as we, as we go through this episode of the podcast, but a couple of things I want to do before we get into our feedback from the listeners on a certain doom. First of all, we are leading right into Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Which is funny that I now refer to it in all conversations as Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, you work amongst a bunch of Americans. I know that. So yep. you have to clarify when you say it's Thanksgiving this weekend. If you just said Thanksgiving, they'd be like, no, it's not. It's, it's only the beginning of October. <laughs> what are you, crazy? <laughs> That's right. It's Canadian Thanksgiving, which means it's a long weekend for us. And, you know, I had a good but a busy week at work. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going into the weekend, getting a couple of extra days off here. Uh, plus I didn't bring it up last week or I mean on Tuesday when we recorded, but I hurt myself pretty bad on Monday night and I have a shoulder problem now and I'm looking forward to just taking it easy, just resting. I am, I am not, you know, severely injured, but I don't feel great. So I want right. to just lay around my house, maybe watching movies and eating a turkey. And I think that sounds amazing right now. Right. So your body is some sore. My body is sore. Yeah. I, I, I've done something to my shoulder and, uh, I'm seeing, I had an x-ray today. I'm seeing oh, physio did. tomorrow and I, I just need to find out what to do. It, it doesn't hurt all the time, but I don't have very good range of motion in it right now. All right. Does it hurt when you breathe? Um, no, unless I take okay. a really deep breath. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. So you got to take it easy this weekend and somebody's going to, you know, slide a turkey under the door for you so that you can have that. That's, uh, that's nice. Yeah. I really look forward to my under the door turkey. <laughs> yeah. It'll be sliced nice and thin. Uh, but anyways, happy Thanksgiving to Canadians around the world. I hope you get some time off and can spend it with your immediate family because we're not allowed to get together with our extended families yet. Yes. Still COVID. All right. Let's talk about the ratings briefly for the, this episode of the walking dead, the live broadcast for a certain doom. Jason had 2.73 million people watching it. Now, if I were to ask you, is that good or is that not so good? Where would you fall? I, if memory serves, and it usually doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, we were hovering around three and a quarter million before. Well, your memory serves you pretty well because most of this season, yeah, was in the three to four million range, somewhere in there. Um, except for season 10, episode 11, which dipped to 2.9 million. 
Right. This one, as I said, was 2.73, making it the lowest of all time for the show across 10 seasons. It doesn't necessarily surprise me with the, uh, the COVID hiatus and this coming up just out of nowhere. And people have really had a shitty year. This is a really crappy year. I think we've, we've may have mentioned that previously on the show Mm -hmm. and other people might be aware of, uh, exactly how crappy this year is. So I'm not really surprised that the numbers are low because, you know, people they may not care about television as much. As yeah, but on do. the other hand, aren't people watching more TV than ever because everyone's supposed to be stuck at home? Like, I know that was a thing early on when, you know, great parts of the continent were under lockdown and so on. Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe people have, uh, you know, gotten some, gotten tired of watching TV. I don't know. But um, I was wondering to myself why... Why would this be? Um, and I, I thought maybe it was that, but also did people just not know it was coming back? Right. Did your casual, did the casual walking dead viewer, even people who may be fairly dedicated to it, did they just not realize it was on? <laughs> Could you know? be. I mean, I have no idea. There's probably whole departments of, uh, you know, television companies that think about this crap. It's like, okay, why was it two point? seven when last time it was 2.9 and before that it was 3.2 <laughs> why do you think it's going down like yeah so and who who can i blame right well that's probably what they're thinking but you know i was also wondering did a lot of people watch it on amc plus a few days earlier i know amc has access to all these numbers so when they add them all up i'm sure it's not as bleak a situation but just looking at that live broadcast People didn't know it was coming back, maybe. Maybe lots of them watched it on AMC+. Plus. Maybe many of them, you know, have a subscription from Apple and they just have to wait another day to watch it. Um, did people maybe feel like this isn't really a big finale episode anymore since they added more to season 10 with uh, 10.5 coming soon? Like, was the, was the excitement there or not there for it? Like, I really have no idea, but it seems unusual that it's the lowest of all time considering it was supposed to be kind of a big finale but then Mm -hmm. again nothing is unusual anymore as we've said other than the whole year yes i mean the world is a complex place and understanding trends uh especially when it comes to stuff that really isn't important Mm. uh you know it's very difficult to do We just talked about how we've been doing this for 11 years, Jason. It's kind of important. Come on. <laughs> it's not really important. It's not. I mean, I in the know. grand scheme of things, it doesn't fall in that, uh, what the something somethings hierarchy of needs where you have food, uh, shelter, clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking zombie related television is not even on that list, my friend. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it rises quite to the level of important. No, that's to a, me. It's a fair well, point. Well, it's important to me, but it's not important to survival. Of course not. Unless the zombie apocalypse happens. Then everything we've learned over the last 11 years could come in really handy. Yeah, then it's a training video. That's right. <laughs> Anyhow, 2.73 million for this episode. Lowest of all time for The Walking Dead. I'm sure AMC is okay with everything once they put all the other numbers together but you know maybe it just means that like like uh live tv is on the outs which it probably has been for a long time now right maybe it just means that there are so many other options for people that watching it live when it airs at 9 p.m is just not a thing anymore maybe it's not a thing anymore except for those 2.73 million (laughs) it's still a big number like when you consider it. Yeah, it is. So yeah. Who knows? Who really knows? Those are the numbers though. All right, let's get into our listener feedback for season 10, episode 16, a certain doom. Listener feedback. First email here comes from Michael in London. And Michael says, just thought I'd pass on a bit of feedback for tonight's episode. I absolutely loved it. Not sure whether it was lockdown that made me miss the show or the recent news that after next season it'll be over, but I thought this show was exceptional. I always, I was always critical that the main cast 
seemed to survive the most inescapable of situations, but when Gabriel was on the floor, I thought he was done for. Seeing Maggie again was excellent, and everyone was on their A-game. Negan wasn't too corny or hamming it up, Daryl had things to do, and Eugene and company were brilliant. Beta's death was horrific, but strangely poetic, and our group in with the horde was nail-biting. Yep. Well, I was just thinking of the group that came in with the horde uh, also had nails in their eyes and their faces. (laughs) That's right. That guy uh, coming up the stairs. That's right. So so Michael enjoyed it, uh, as you can probably guess, and um, it was all very, very good. I more or less agree with that, but, you know, maybe not quite as enthusiastic. But, you know, on the other hand, like I said, it was really nice to be back. Yes, very nice to be back. All right, next we have an email from Michael in Ozark, Missouri. What a great episode. I had to, uh, I had, it had a lot to live up to with the big delay, and I believe it delivered. Some things felt a little rushed. The beta death seemed a little anticlimactic to me. I'm not going to lie. I teared up a bit uh, the first time Maggie saw Judith, and again when Daryl told Carol, you got me. Yeah, so a good mix of um, excitement and emotion and stuff like that. I didn't realize I put two Michaels to off the top there to begin the episode. That's okay. All the Michaels are good. They're all they're all great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of the beta death, Jordan on our Facebook page said, "I've seen people say the beta fight was underwhelming, but I don't share that view. You can't have a big long fight at the edge of a horde." The walkers would immediately try to get at you. Daryl was good to end it quick. Yeah, a couple of knives in the eyes. Why the hell not? That's got to end things. That's going to end things. But I think Jordan makes a really good point. Imagine if they had a big, like, drawn-out fist fight there. Like, it would have seemed silly having all these zombies just milling about around them while they were doing this when, you know, any other time making that kind of commotion would just draw them right over. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to yeah. do this quickly. Do you think, uh, do you think, um, Negan and Daryl planned that? Like, do you think that was a coordinated effort against Beta or did they just kind of get lucky? They were doing separate things, were they not? Like well, Negan was coming or were they both from like the, the group that escaped and were going back to kill the walkers in and amongst the horde? I know Daryl was doing that, but. Uh, I'm trying to remember where Negan came from. Yeah, no, he wasn't with them, I don't think, right? Negan was, he left Lydia in the hospital, went down the elevator shaft by himself, and then snuck out there. He was just on his way somewhere else. So it would seem that they didn't coordinate it, but I, I don't know. I both got, it was just a coincidence that they were next to Beta at the same time. Or that Daryl so? showed up. Daryl, Daryl's the uh, uh, the Deus Ex Machina, right? It's it's you know Daryl showed up to save Negan, similar to how Maggie showed up to save uh, Father Gabriel. Right. Right. Yeah, we just if, know that what Daryl uh, was doing beforehand. We didn't know what Maggie was doing. We see her read a letter, and then she shows up in the nick of time. Uh-huh. Whereas with Daryl, we knew what he was doing, but also he showed up in the nick of time. It's funny you mentioned that because Jordan's message on Facebook was actually a little bit longer than that. And he talked about Maggie briefly and he called her Deus Ex Maggie, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was funny because she shows up in the nick of time to save everybody. Um, But so anyways, what you're saying is Negan was just kind of there and he, they just sort of got lucky that they were able to coordinate their attack like that. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that, I guess, but part of me wishes that it was, that it was actually a planned thing. I mean, I love seeing a good plan executed, right? And that could have been an opportunity for it. Yeah. Well, I I like it when things that are not planned get executed well. Perfect. All right. (laughs) So it's (laughs) like this, like this whole show. (laughs) Yes. All right. Next, we have an email from Sam on the internet. So, wow. That was an amazing example of the Walking Dead style we all missed. Lollygag and drag out eight to nine episodes where nothing happens, then everything happens in one episode. As, as satisfying as it was just to kill every whisperer, whisperer that was strolling through the herd, why didn't they try that a long time ago? So, yeah, I wanted to include this one from Sam because it was, you know, a little more negative, of course. And, um, 
I don't know. I mean, can you really say that nothing happened for eight or nine episodes and then everything was packed into this one? Well, I mean, it's being a little hyperbolic, but that's okay. I guess, yeah. But when, why didn't they try it before? Because this was the only option they had, right? They had to, and Daryl admitted right from the outset that this is a bad idea, but it's all I got. That's right. right. So go and do this. And it worked out perfectly, which is fantastic. But before they had the ability to do it, but not the need because just to kill the, kill the whispers for the sake of killing the whispers is one thing, but killing the whispers because it's the only chance you have to save the people that are being held captive uh, by the whispers is something else, right? It's that, it's that drive, it's that need in order to do that. Yeah, and maybe they didn't quite have the opportunity either, right? Because this was the entire, like, whisperer horde all in one place. And before, they had a lot of their zombies, like, stored in the caves, remember? Yeah. And the whisperers would uh, travel, or I think they'd, they'd move zombies around a little bit. Like, we'd, we'd seen them with smaller groups out in fields and things like that. In fact, our characters witnessed that sometimes. So I guess they could have thought about taking out those groups bit by bit, but this was everybody all in one place. And yeah, they, they had to do it because it was the only option, like Daryl said, and maybe it was really the first opportunity to do it as well. Right. But like, I can see that. I can see Sam's point on the other hand that, you know, it could have maybe helped to take out some of them over time and just thin the numbers a little bit. Right. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cameron in Sydney writes, are we supposed to assume that all the whisperers are now dead? They obviously wouldn't have walked off the cliff with the horde. I know that Daryl and company were hunting them, but are they supposed to have got them all? Daryl and everyone were much more recognizable than whisperers in their half-ass gormiflage. I don't know. I reckon there would be a bunch more whisperers, or is it now that Beta is dead, they will just kind of fizzle out? What do you think? Do you think like the whispers are all gone? Are they done? We're never going to hear from them again? I think they're done and gone and we'll never hear from them again. And anybody that's left is scattered, right? Like the, the concept of the whispers is done. I don't know if they're all individually dead, but their leadership is gone. Their horde is gone. Their desire to, you know, fight these people is probably gone. Uh, so they're, they're going to be scattered to the wind. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think the whisperers are going to play a part in the show anymore. Like the leadership is gone. We know that for sure. And any that were left are probably feeling a little bit aimless, even more aimless now. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're just not going to be part of things anymore. Um, and the show's going to sort of move on from it a little bit, but I would say, yeah, they're probably not all dead, but they don't have, they don't have anything to do anymore. All right, next we have a call from The Trish. Hey guys, this is The Trish from Boston, and I have a couple of questions. But firstly, I want to say that episode 500 totally gave me the feels. Thank you for bringing our huge world together and making it feel a little smaller at a time where we're being forced to stay away from each other. Um, you guys are the best. Uh, all right, so first question, did I miss something? When did Negan get his hands on Alpha's soccer ball head? I thought Beta was tossing her around last we saw. So I don't know when he got the chance to make the skin mask. Uh, so that's first. And then secondly, was there a snub? I don't remember Maggie and Carol saying hello to each other. And I'm pretty sure they all met up at the same location. So I don't know what I missed there. Hope you're all well. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, the Trish. Um, just regarding her first comment there about, you know, our episode 500 and making the world feel a little bit small in a good way. I, I never really thought about it like that, how we included yeah. everyone's names at the beginning and, uh, and the end. And it sort of was a, a little coming together moment there, but I'm, I'm glad she took that away from it. And it makes me really happy to hear that. Me too. You know, it gave me the warm feels. It did. It was very, very nice. So then regarding her other points, um, she was asking about why Negan had Alpha's head uh, when, when um, Beta would have had it. Now, Negan didn't have Alpha's head. Um, he had her skin mask. 
she, he had the mask that Alpha used to wear, right? Right. The, the one that Alpha used to wear because Beta was wearing part of Alpha's skin. Actual right? face, yeah. Actual face because that chunk that was of a light color on his, uh, his current skin mask was fixed using Alpha's skin. That, that's right. So Beta had the head. He carved her face off, put it onto his own mask, but Negan kept the mask that Alpha was wearing and right. ended up giving it to um, Judith, not Judith, uh, Lydia. Lydia. So he didn't give Lil Lydia his own mom's face. He gave her the mask that her mom used to wear. Correct. Yes. Which is, you know, still creepy and gross, but slightly less creepy and gross, maybe? S slightly less, I'm going to say. That's right. Here's a gift of your mom's skin. I made a book out of it. <laughs> your skin, her skin mask. Yeah. Yeah. Skin mask. But you can, you know, people have made books out of human skin before, right? Yeah. Le I, leather bound books and the leather is human. I think we've talked about this. Definitely creepy. Um, but maybe human skin makes great leather. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I definitely don't have one of those books. No, I'm sure you don't. Uh, now as for Carol not greeting Maggie, I can see the Trisha's point here. It would have been nice to see that. But I think maybe we just didn't get that moment, you know, left on the cutting room floor kind of thing. And who knows, maybe we'll get it in the future um, or something. But uh, we saw some other reunions. This one, I think maybe because Carol had her moment with Daryl there as well. They focused on that instead. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maggie's been gone for six years. You think they would have been excited to see each other? I have a feeling we just didn't see it on screen, but it probably happened. It just, it doesn't have any specific meaning that we didn't see it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, the Trish. This call comes from Christian in Spokane. Holy crap, Chris and Jason. Did you see those nail bombs? They look exactly like the ones from the game The Last of Us. I guess you could say they nailed the look. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Christian, for that. So, Jason, you must be familiar with the game The Last of Us, but I know you haven't played it. I have not played it. Uh, I'm trying to recall anything about it. I'm familiar with the name at the moment, but uh, I can't recall an image of a, uh, you know, like the cover art of anything or anything about it at all. Okay, well, I have played it. Uh, I have not played the recent sequel that came out. I played the original version and I played it very, very late. Like I had people bugging me for years to play it, but it was, oh yeah. Okay. It was PlayStation exclusive. I never had a PlayStation until I borrowed one from somebody just specifically to play the game. It was fantastic. Um, and apparently the nail bombs look the same. So, uh, thank you, Christian, for pointing that out. And it's the first time we've ever got a call with, um, a drum hit at the end. Yeah. It reminds me of a joke. <clears throat> All right, two drums and a cymbal fall off a cliff. But don't That's not a bad joke. <laughs> per perfect for a drummer. <laughs> yeah, and a dad. <laughs> and maybe a dad, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Christian, for that. And we're going to move on to Gemma in South Wales. Gemma writes, uh, the episode actually got me very emotional. Lots of great reunions, such as Maggie and Gabriel. I cheered when she saved him, as I actually thought he was a goner. Maggie and Judith was just so lovely. Lydia saving Carol at the end had me in tears. I think Carol has spent so many years adopting these kids and being a mother to them. Lydia has offered something else, friendship and companionship. Uh, they can both look after each other instead of Carol constantly having to the pressure of protecting these kids. Lydia is formidable on her own and a young woman. In that moment, Carol lost her desire to die and Lydia let go of Alpha. Yeah. I think the relationship between these two has been um, pretty good, and I think this episode made it even better. There's something interesting going on here between the two of them. Now, look, I'm going to bring something up here that the internet kind of exploded with briefly right after this episode. I have no idea what to think about this, but you can tell me, Jason, where I should go. Sure. In the scene where Lydia and... Carol are cowering behind that rock as the zombies are going off the uh, mm -hmm. cliff. Mm -hmm. A lot of people looked at that and went, you know, I thought for a second they were going to kiss. It, it, <laughs> they, were, they were looking at each other. 
there was emotion in their faces and it looked like they were going to lock lips. And some people were kind of uh, brought to this notion because of the scene earlier in the episode in the armory when Lydia came and said, and they were talking and she said, I'm, you know, I'm not looking for a mother. This could be something else. And so they're okay. like, oh, Lydia's hinting at something there. And then they're about to snuggle behind that rock. Huh, what are we doing here? So <laughs> I didn't really think of that while I was watching it. But, you know, some people did. So what do you think, Jason? I, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think they were about to kiss. Because, you know, really, uh, Lydia was dating uh, Carol's son for a long time. It would be really weird, even in the zombie apocalypse, to, you know, be dating a nice guy. He's, he's nice. He's, uh, you're excited about uh, new love and fresh love. And then he dies and gets his head put on a spike and you get upset and stuff. And so you start a sexual relationship with his mom. It just, it's, it's a little much. And she's what, 17? Supposed to be 17? I, I don't remember exactly, but yes, she's pretty young. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it um, and Carol's a little old for her, I would think. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, but you know, age age is just a thing. It doesn't really matter, especially in the zombie apocalypse. I think the point about being with her son and then <laughs> being with the mother is slightly more weird. <laughs> okay, so ha being over forty and having a uh, sexual relationship with someone who's seventeen is wrong. I don't care if it's a zombie apocalypse. I don't care if it's homosexual, heterosexual, or whatever sexual you want to have. It's not right, in okay. my opinion. But uh, I can see the points that people are making, or I can see where this opinion comes from. It doesn't strike me as something that is right out of nowhere. I just think that it's not true. Right. I, I agree with that. It's maybe not out of nowhere, but I'd be pretty surprised if the show went there. Now, I'm going to um, make myself look stupid here and say, at this very moment, I am slightly confused at the timeline, and I can no longer remember if Henry was killed before the six-year time jump or after. And if it was before, that means that Lydia aged six years, and it's been that long. It couldn't have been though, right? No, because the whispers showed up after the time jump. Yeah. They didn't show up before the time jump and have been around for six years. As I was saying, as I was saying that, that came to my mind too. So it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long. And I'm pretty sure that with the time jump, that Lydia is of the same age or younger than Carol's daughter would have been. Uh, Sophia, original daughter. Sophia, yeah. Right. So, cause she was what, 12 and that was 10 years ago? Right. So, uh, yeah, Lydia's, uh, quite young, uh, compared to that. Right. <laughs> so just to add some fire to the weirdness that, yeah, that does it. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think this comes out of nowhere. I don't think it's true and I really hope it doesn't happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I wanted to bring it up because it was out there. And I think there's probably some people out there that are pulling for it, but. Well, the internet is a weird place and there's uh, a wide variety of opinions and uh, what people would like to see on the internet. Sure. People, and people aren't afraid to uh, express those opinions. Yeah. And like I've always said, whatever floats your boat, as long as it's two consenting adults, right? Mm-hmm. Lydia's a little young for that consenting adult. You know, we, and sure you can argue that. Is it 16? Is it 14? Is it 18? Uh, you know, there's a whole scale there that is really weird on some ends, but uh, I still think it's it's not right. It's not right. It shouldn't happen. She's too young. Fair enough. Fair enough. For Carol. For Carol, yeah. For Henry, you know, maybe not. Well, he was about the well, same age. Exactly. So that's fine, but Carol's a little old for Lydia. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Next we have John in Boston, Massachusetts. John says, I have to confess to being a bit shocked how positively you received a certain doom. I thought it was a near complete dud, almost as big a dud as the mid-season finale with everybody spelunking after Carol. 
Early in the Whisperer storyline, Jason raised the question of how the skin suits work. Walkers respond to noise, of course, and to smell, as evidenced by the use of gormoflage. The effectiveness of skin suits seems to suggest that they respond to visual cues as well. Okay, but as Chris pointed out, the groups that ventured into the herd were barely covered in any gore. As we learned early on, even having a little bit of the innards washed off by rain was enough to alert the walkers to fresh meat. That was way back in season one. Here, Carol, Luke, and the rest were walking through the herd smelling like roses with no problem. Having to watch our heroes make their way through the herd should have been skin crawling, but I found it kind of dull. Visually, it was not terribly interesting. Most of the walkers looking kind of the same, all gray and bedraggled. Not even the occasional walker visual gag that Nick Nicotero is so fond of. The most effective part, I thought, was the sound, the dull, constant roar of the dead. But all the quick cuts kept the tension from building as well as it could have. So I didn't mean to uh, make, make bedraggled a question, <laughs> but, but I, I uh, wasn't sure I, of the word as I got to it there. <laughs> I understood the question for, for what your question was. Okay. And your question was, is this how you say that? Yeah. Bedraggled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I got that. Or bedraggled. Uh, it could be bedraggled. I don't know. That's good, though. I'm going to put a hyphen in there and use that in my regular everyday speech. Perfect. Put that in some work emails this week and uh, you'll be good to go. I'm a feeling a bit bedraggled. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what does that mean, Jason? <laughs> well, you're just going to have to look it up, Steve. Yeah. Uh, all right. So John didn't love the episode. Um, a little bit confusing on the way skin suits work and gormiflage and stuff like that. And I will admit, I think the show has played fast and loose with that in not so good a way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, what can you do? Here's the thing. I've been trying to let this kind of shit go. I've been trying real hard to not have a nitpick picnic every day of my life. And uh, this show uh, in particular, or maybe in general, I'm not sure, doesn't really adhere to the rules that they've set forth all the time. And in order to not go crazy and to yell at the TV every five seconds, I'm I have to take a stand and let this kind of shit go. It did occur to me, and we did talk about the fact that they didn't put any gormiflage on, on their faces. Uh, and, you know, if you put gore all over you, but don't touch your face, that has the exact same effect as if you put on a dead person's mask, but don't have any gormiflage on you. Like, that doesn't, it is completely incongruous. It doesn't make any fucking sense, mm -hmm. right? Why the zombies would leave you alone. And then there's the Carol and Lydia sitting in a hole talking to each other. Zombies left them alone, just walked, walked right by. Whereas in the past, they've uh, tried to hide and the zombies are like, oh, somebody's not acting like the horde. We should eat them, right? Yep. So there's, there's lots and lots and lots of inconsistencies and the show is bedraggled with them. I know I'm not using that word correctly, but I wanted to use it anyway. <laughs> sure. Uh, it might even be bedraggled. It's got it all through the entire show, so I'm trying to to let this shit go. And I made a conscious effort to kind of let this go in the review on Tuesday, or not the review, but the recap on Tuesday. So, yes, John, I hear you. And yes, uh, there was some issues with uh, consistency and adhering to their own rule set, which drives me nuts, but I'm trying to be a better person. <laughs> Fair. And, and that's okay. I mean, you sometimes, you don't want to let everything go because, you know, if you let everything go, you're left with nothing. And you do want to hold the show accountable to certain things. I, I truly believe that. But sometimes, you know, just trying not to drive yourself insane is, is a good thing. I do think it's a much bigger problem. What John says in his, in the second half of his message that he just didn't find the scenes in the herd terribly interesting or intense. And it sounds like he didn't really feel like the characters were ever really in that much danger. And I think that's a more serious problem, to be honest with yeah. you, because we need to feel like our characters are are in danger and are about to be killed or eaten when, 
you know, if we want to, um, if we want to be invested in this at all. So, you know, I kind of get his point there because I can't say that going through that herd, I ever really felt like I was worried for them. Um, I was much more worried for father Gabe in that scene up in the hospital when, when they came in there to get him. Um, yet we had, what was it? Eight characters walking through a horde of thousands and it's like, ah, you know what? They're going to make it. So I think the show, I think he's right. I think the show could have somehow found a little bit better way to make us feel a little bit more like there was in, there was some actual danger in that scene. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, while you were talking a second ago, I looked up the word bedraggled and I don't think it means what I thought. Bedraggled, uh, adjective, okay. wet, drenched, or messy. <laughs> what? Or adjective, being in a condition of deterioration or dilapidated. Oh. Look okay. at that. Well, I, maybe I can write in the work e email that I feel a bit bedraggled. <laughs> sometimes I do feel disheveled and a little bit wet. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that not everybody out there knew the meaning of the word bedraggled like you and I. So I think we've just done a public service and thank you, John, for using such a great word in your email. Yes. Thanks, John. All right. All right. Next, we have an email from Cindy in Columbus, Ohio. It was great seeing Maggie and I can't wait to see her interactions with Negan. Do you think that Judith knows he killed Maggie's husband? Considering Judith's relationship with Negan, I wonder how she, re she will react to him. I'm wondering what will happen to Judith after Daryl leaves with Carol. Michonne left him in charge of her, and when he leaves, he'll have to find someone else. Is that even his place? I don't think, he, uh, I don't think the thought of her being passed around, I don't like the thought of her being passed around. She might get the feeling no one wants her. Right, so great seeing Maggie again. Um, we do have... You know, of course, the Maggie Negan thing to deal with here. Yep. Negan is still around. Maggie came back. She was pretty pissed off with him for what he did. And remember, Rick held her back. She did not get to kill him, which is what she wanted. And here they are Unless again. She's got ninja guy. Maybe she'll get him to to murder Negan, and that'll be the end of that. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I mean, maybe a big part of Maggie coming back will be how she reacts or how her and her ninja react to, to him still being there. And, um, I must admit, I am kind of curious. I do think that's potentially, uh, an interesting thing to play out on the show. Um, and then regarding Judith, you know, what I started thinking about here is I've kind of assumed at this point that Daryl and Carol will stay on the main show all the way till the final episode. But I realized with Cindy's email here that there's no guarantee of that. I mean, they could appear in two episodes of season 11 and then hit the road and not be on most of the last season of the show. We don't really know. So they're not going to do that. I, you never they're the, know. They're, they're the, the, the primary build talent in this show. They're not going to, they can't. And if they're going to be having their own spinoff show, that's going to happen after the walking dead ends they're definitely not going to get rid of them. They're going to be here till the last episode and then everybody else is going to go away. You don't know that. I think Daryl and Carol, look, I think they will probably last most of the way through season 11, but I do not think the two of them will be in the final episode of season 11. I think they will have their own Daryl and Carol finale and they'll move on. They'll leave the group. It'll set up wherever they're going in the new show and then The Walking Dead will have its climax and denouement. And uh, I think nah. that's what's going to happen. I don't think it'll be early in the season, but you never know. I don't think so. I, th I think we, could, we should actually lay a wager here of what's going to happen. And I'll put up my human skin leather bound book uh, that I don't own as collateral on this bet that Daryl and Carol will be here till the bitter end and then they will start their, their new spinoff show. Okay. So let's, let's make, let's put our money where our mouth is here. And by money, I mean no actual funds, but <laughs> season 11 is going to have 24 episodes. You are betting that both Daryl and Carol will be in episode 24, the final episode. Yes, absolutely. Fine. I 
am going to say that Daryl and Carol's final episode will be, and we're assuming that it'll be the same episode in both cases. I mean, the two of them will leave in the same episode. I think it will be episode 21. Okay. And then there'll be three more without them before Walking Dead is done. Okay. So we got to make a note of this somewhere. Yeah, because uh, we'll forget. Yeah. Like, uh, well, absolutely forget. This is like three years in the future. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll have forgotten this by Tuesday when we record again. So. All right. So somebody make a note. I'm get, Well, I'm going to get a post-it note when we're done here and stick it on the wall. And, uh, for the next three years, that's right. <laughs> that's right. If it's awesome, a, if it's a 3M post-it note, it'll stick. They're good. It'll stick. Yeah. Um, uh, but somebody out there also, please remind us in case it doesn't, and it falls down behind my desk and I never see it again. <laughs> right. All right. So Jason's saying episode 24, last one ever. I'm saying episode 21 as being the last one Daryl and Carol are in. Cool. Uh, okay. Now, speaking of them, Mike in Albuquerque, New Mexico writes, Daryl and Carol have spoken about going to New Mexico, a big state wedged in between Arizona and Texas, not the country of Mexico. Oh, thanks, Mike. I would just like to say that for the record, I do know the difference between Mexico, the country and New Mexico, the U.S. state. But I missed the uh, fact that they were going to New Mexico and not Mexico. Well, that, yeah, that's absolutely a big deal. And I just ran with your assessment. Yes, I know. Because I failed to, uh, I failed to catch that as well. So yeah, I, I, I do know that New Mexico is not a new Mexico. It's a name of a state. <laughs> right. Um, and, and we're, we're also just assuming that Mike is correct here, but if, if they actually said New Mexico, it's just because, I don't know, Daryl mumbles and I couldn't understand what he said. And I, I just heard Mexico. So. Yeah. And if great. he, if he mumbled Ontario. Right. I would have caught that. And maybe other people like, what, what did he say? What, where's he going? True. You know, but you know, being from Ontario, I would have caught it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, Mike being from New Mexico might be a little more inclined to catch people saying New Mexico on TV. Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree. So. But that's a guess, Mike. And I apologize if that's not true. (laughs) Maybe you're only saying you're from Albuquerque because you want to make a point. I don't know. It could be anything. It it really could be, but. Thank you, Mike. You caught it, Mike. We didn't. Good work. And thank you for the clarification. That's right. All right. You're up. I was just thinking I've always wanted to go to Albuquerque. Ever since I was a little kid. A-L-B-U-Q-U-E-R-Q-U-E. When I learned how to spell that when I was, uh, geez, seven, eight, something like that. I've always wanted to go. Never have been. Someday. Someday, Mike, I'm coming. Well, Weird Al wrote a song about it. Did he? Yeah. It's a good song. I don't spend enough time listening to Weird Al. The man is a genius. I, I've come to this conclusion since talking about Weird Al uh, with you last week. Did we talk about it on the show or no? Was it I, after uh, the show? I listened to him on a podcast called Good One about joke right. writing, and I thought he was well-spoken, intelligent, and um, had a lot of interesting things to say. So I decided that I've been a Weird Al for, fan for a long time, but listening to him talk about music and his process of making music and all the things he does... Uh, made me realize truly just how much of a genius he is. Yeah. And I've realized that, uh, I am not as big as a Weird Al fan as I should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to make that, that, make that right. Good. I think that's a great idea. Next, we have an email from Bill in New Jersey. Uh, there was a sequence of events that really stood out to me. Kudos to Angela Kang and the writers. They took the Christ-like character idea and spun it in a way that completely subverted my expectations. Father Gabriel, Father Gabriel, Gabriel is mounting what looks like to be a last stand. As he tells Judas, someone needs to stop the whispers. He is ready to lose his own life to save others. Judas and the rest need to go to safety. The doors are breached and the whispers are about to kill him or kill the priest, and they hold him by his arms, held spread out on the ground like Christ about to be nailed to the cross. It seems fitting the Episcopal priest, whose life will end sacrificing himself to save others in the same manner as God, as the God that he serves. I fully expected Gabe to die here, as far as, uh, as far as, as so far in this episode, Beatrice from Oceanside was the only one of our squad to die. But wait! Maggie and the unknown masked ninja guy come out to save the day, and Gabe lives. So far, really cool. Next scene, 
a sepia tone sequence that I interpreted as Beta's vision of his own death after he is stabbed in the eyes. Unlike the supine Gabriel, Beta is standing straight up, arms out, as if actually crucified. The walkers attack and consume him. In this graying slash sepia toned version, Beta sees himself and stands as a Christ-like figure, giving his life for his horde. He is happy to be devoured by them, but Beta is insane. He is showing, shown smiling as he is taken down. And to reinforce the point that Beta is delusional, a person who thinks he's died for a good reason, but, but he really died for nothing. Daryl has a great line in, this, in, in his response to Negan's comment, he's nobody. The Christ-like figure has been, uh, Christ-like, sorry, the Christ figure has been used in film and especially in literature for centuries, and I respect Kang and the crew for putting it, putting a really unique spin on this. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I don't know if I really have anything to add to that, Bill, in New Jersey, but there's a couple of scenes in this episode that were religious or, I suppose, specifically Christ-inspired. Yeah, and I mean, even Christ, uh, you know, he gave up his life uh, to save the souls of others, which is why he was, you know, allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. And uh, much like what Father Gabe was doing, was giving up his life to save others. And, um, you know, and Christ also, Christ also gave his body and his blood as the, uh, uh, you know, as the bread, you know, what the, uh, what do you call that thing where they put the wafer on your tongue at church? I'm not a church guy, so. Is that communion? Communion, yeah. So he, you know, this is my flesh, yep. here, eat of my flesh, here's my blood, drink of my blood. This is what Beta's is doing, right? He's giving himself to the horde and allowing, uh, allowing his followers to you know, feast on his body mm -hmm. as a uh, sacrifice of himself. So also, you know, a very Christ-like figure. Very symbolic. Very symbolic. It was neat. Good email. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, next up, we have Justin in England, UK. What's with the reappearing lanterns throughout the season? In this episode, we had a red lantern on the shelf in the armory room and a black lantern on the table when Negan hands Lydia Alpha's mask. Different colored lanterns have been frequently seen on sets throughout this season. So, hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I must admit I hadn't noticed the pattern of lanterns on the show, but I went back to these two scenes to check, and indeed, there are lanterns in both scenes. Do they mean anything? I don't know, but they are sort of those old kind of neat style, uh, neat looking lanterns. Um, both of them were similar and if they're being seeded into the show for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I suspect it might just be prop guys going, you know what? We got cool lanterns and they don't have a lot of power, so we should put lanterns around the place. It'll, it'll be appropriate. That's what I do if I was a prop guy. Mm -hmm. We've got these cool lanterns. Why wouldn't we put them out? Exactly. They look neat. Yeah. So stick them there. And it reminds me, you know, they could mean something. They could have very, uh, a very specific meaning that, you know, people put, uh, writers put Easter eggs in shows all the time mm -hmm. that give people, uh, you know, the ability to decipher meaning where meaning doesn't seem to be apparent or even noticed by most people. But then I think of the Godfather and oranges. Are you familiar with this idea where uh, oranges are a part of every death scene in the Godfather? Uh, you know, when the Godfather's shot, he knocks over a bunch of oranges. When he dies at the end, sorry, spoiler alert for 1972's Godfather, he has an orange in his mouth. Uh, when Sonny dies, there's a scene for orange juice, or it's not a scene, but there's a billboard for orange juice in the background. Uh, there's oranges in every death scene in the Godfather. And people have been wondering for years, why? Why oranges? What's going on? until one of the set dressers finally uh, said in an interview, uh, all of those scenes were very dark and gray uh, on purpose. Uh, I, I needed a splash of color, so I put in some orange. Fair enough. <laughs> so does it have meaning? No. But then again, meaning is derived as a combination of the, of the creator and the consumer of the art piece, right? You cannot have... Uh, a novel or a movie or a TV show in isolation. It needs an audience. And the audience is bringing a good portion of themselves to the meaning of that show or that, that piece of art. So 
Uh, was there intended meaning? Yes, maybe no. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because it's up to the, uh, the person viewing it or the people viewing it to derive their own meaning for it. So if you find meaning in something, fantastic. If you figure out what that meaning is, let us know. Because I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Oranges, lanterns, whatever it may be. Yeah. I like that. All right. Very good. So next we have an email from Miles in San Francisco. Calling it now. New theory for Maggie's masked vigilante friend. A clone of Glenn. So The Walking Dead has introduced clones. No, this is not the first time. We've had a clone of, uh, uh, what's her name? Damn it. Enid. Enid was a spy. She went over to the Whisperers and in order to put her head on a spike, they cloned her. Remember? Did they clone her? I thought she it was, was just Enid's, a spy. Well, she is a spy, but she's still alive and well. Uh, they created a clone of her uh -huh. in order to cut that clone's head off and put it on a spike. So obviously they have cloning technology uh, and Maggie doesn't necessarily want to spoil that it's Glenn walking around with her. So she makes him wear a mask. So okay. it's uh, maybe we shouldn't call him a masked vigilante or maybe even not call him a ninja. We should call him, uh, Maggie's gimp Glenn. Cause, cause <laughs> sure. he's, he's her gimp and it's Glenn. All right. Well. So Glenn, Glenn gimp. I'm not sure how to, I'll work on this. Glimp. Glimp. All right. Fine. <laughs> the glimp. Uh, well, Miles and you, Jason, have it all figured out. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. All right, the glimp. Maybe that's what it'll be. Uh, here we have Michael on the internet, and Michael sends a riddle. He says, how many eyes are there in beta? None, thanks to Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. good. Not bad at all. Uh, I have two more here, Jason, that I didn't send to you. Ooh, secret. Yeah, secret. And this one is because I wanted to read this one, and um, it's from Jared in Traverse City, Michigan. Jared says, I'd be interested in hearing from Jason listing more things that he cannot bite through. Bicycle tires, extension cords, ladder rungs, snowshoe straps, two by fours, tomato cages, life vests, automotive floor mats, deflated soccer balls, butter knives, frozen salmon fillets, guitar strings, bath towels, and so on. <laughs> I could, uh, out of that whole list, I'm pretty sure I could get through a two by four. It would take a while, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. You might not have any teeth left after. No, come on, softwood, it's fine. It would, it would, like, maybe not all in one go and maybe not in one bite, but I could gnaw my way through a two-by-four if I had to. All right, if you had to. So if you were in a cage of, made of two-by-fours, you could get out after a while. Yeah. I mean, a car mat, probably not. <laughs> you know, a bath towel, uh, it'd be kind of iffy. I don't know, I wouldn't want to try it. No. Um, but, yeah, two-by-four, I'm pretty sure I could get through. All right, so one thing on that list you could, you could... <laughs> chew your way through. If I had to. I just, I thought it was funny. Yeah. It's, no, that's great. There you go. Finally here, a call from Siobhan. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Siobhan from Lancashire, England. I just wanted to say a huge congratulations on your half century. It's It's been a proper joy to have spent the time with you. And thank you for keeping us all going through the plague year with or without The Walking Dead. A quick shout out also to designer Will for reminding us of the end of the show party. I'll see you there. Stay safe, everybody. Lots of love. Thank you so much, Siobhan. So she congratulated us on our half century, uh -huh. which is a little funny because it was 500 and a century is 100 years, so 50 would be the half century, but I understand what she was saying. Yeah, it's a half millennium, right? Luckily, we're not doing one episode a year. Right, yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Siobhan. And, um, she mentioned that, uh, that big listener giant party that I don't recall talking about that lit designer will another listener pointed out a few weeks back. Uh -huh. Yep. I, I took that clip and I emailed it to Jason, the host of the walking dead cast that we are, uh, friends with and I haven't heard back from him. So <laughs> I'm, I think maybe he's just ignoring me going, that was a terrible idea. I can't, we can't do that. Well, here's the thing, Siobhan. I had forgotten about it again until you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember now. We talked about a party a couple of times. Right. So uh, maybe we need to be constantly reminded of things. Uh, or maybe I need to invest in a big stack of Post-its. 
Right. Because uh, this memory thing that I got going on here, it's not working. You know what? It's not holding things together. I will put that on a post-it on my wall too, so that I can have, you know, Daryl and Carol season 11 bet and Uh giant listener party to be figured out. Something like that. God, it seemed like such a good idea at the time. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> uh, and maybe I'll follow up with Jason and see what he, uh, see what he says. Yeah. Either way, uh, that's at least two people that said they would be there now. So two people's a party, my friend. That's true. Right? It's a particular kind of party, but still a party. It sure is. You can party by yourself, right? Oh yeah. Why not? Why not? It's just more fun with a buddy. Yep. All right. Thank you so much to everyone that wrote in and called in. Um, before we end things for the night here, I want to say a couple of thank yous to listeners who have recently sent a couple of bucks our way in support of the show. First of all, Mike K, who recently became a new patron on Patreon. You can be like Mike and go to patreon.com slash the talking dead which is a site that allows you to basically make a small pledge that uh, comes our way. It's a great way to help support the show. And the other one is Justin G, who made a one-time donation through PayPal. And you can do that at talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal. Thanks so much to you guys for doing that. Thank you so much to everyone that, that has supported us. And of course, everyone who, who listens to the show regularly. Um, if you wanted to support us for no dollars at all, that is wonderful as well. You can leave us reviews and star ratings on Apple podcasts or other platforms that, you know, are out there that you use to get, um, podcasts and specifically this one. So that's a great way to help as well. Thank you so much to everyone who does that. All right. Uh, there you go, Jason. We have now fully covered Season 10, episode 16 of The Walking Dead. So that kind of wraps up our coverage of season 10. It was a long time coming and an unusual year, but here we are. We have season 10.5 to look forward to, but that is still months away at this point. Um, So what are we going to do in the meantime is the big question. And in the short term, next week, in fact, we will record a podcast with some thoughts on The Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm-hmm. By the time we record that, there will have been two episodes out. So maybe we should try to watch both of them and be as okay. current as possible. Um, and we will also have passed or have, have the ability to watch the Fear, The Walking Dead Season 6 premiere. So I think maybe we'll cram that in there as well and do uh, one episode on both of those shows just to kick them off. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, I have been hearing some things about World Beyond that I think will be of interest to us. So um, beyond just the fact that it's Walking Dead related, of course. So I look forward to doing that. That will come in about a week's time, likely next Thursday, um, just so we uh, have enough time between now and then to get to it. And then after that, we'll see. We'll see what we're going to do. It will it will definitely be some more coverage of of Walking Dead shows because both of those shows will continue to run into the fall. And we also want to, as I've said before, fit in an episode or two about the Amazon uh, show The Boys because uh, I right. watched it, then you watched it, and you said to me, this show needs to be talked about and, you know... If only we had a platform to do that. So I got to uh, get it done because the internet is starting to spoil me on, uh, on shit that's going on in this show. And so I gotta, I gotta either catch up or complete it because, uh, I'm afraid of the internet now. Well, I, I've watched, like I am caught up on the show right now. I've watched all of season one and everything that's available for season two. Um, so by the time we cover it, depending on where we are, depending on what's been released. We may just talk about season one. Maybe we'll talk about the whole thing. I I don't know, but in any case, we'll be going a little deeper into the boys, uh, because I agree with you. It's a, it's a, rethink that statement. No, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a fascinating show and 
you know, I think there's a lot to discuss there. So that will be coming up later on in the fall as well. But of course, look for more Walking Dead stuff next week from us. Cool. All right, everyone. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com. That's our website. At the top, there is a send voicemail link. You can use that to record a message that will come straight into us. That is a great way to um, communicate. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead, or you can simply send email to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for tonight. We'll see you again next week. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.